You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. Today is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. We're going to take your calls and answer your questions about everything health. We've been lied to and it's killing us. Kim and I are here to help you break through to the truth and reach your health destiny. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner. Kim's an Ironman triathlete. and We believe that the key to a long, healthy, vibrant life starts with a properly prepared, nutrient-dense, whole food diet. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about food, nutrition, weight loss, disease, training, prescription drugs, and so much more. And of course, we'll wrap that all around the trucking lifestyle, living, working, eating, and uh, existing in a truck on the road. And that has some of its own challenges, but we are finding many, many ways to stay healthy on the road. So we're going to get to the calls in just a minute. Kim, welcome back. Hi, Kevin. Glad to be here. Great to have you here. A uh, couple things. Um, I think today we're going to focus on ketosis. And we okay. talk a lot about the ketogenic diet. And um, so I, I've got a book recommendation today, not necessarily a book review. I'll kind of tell you what the book's about. We, we've talked about it before. Uh, it's Keto Clarity is my book recommendation for today by Jimmy Moore, who spoke at the CMC last year. And I understand you have some exciting yeah. news about the <laughs> 17. Yeah, yeah, because I um, spoke with him through email yesterday, and uh, he is so excited to be back again with us in 2017. Excellent, excellent. That is such great news. The book is my number one book recommendation for people interested in the ketogenic diet. What I love about this book, specifically for the ketogenic diet, is I don't remember the exact number, but there are probably like 15 people or maybe even more that contributed to that book. So Jimmy wrote it and he wrote it from a great perspective. He was really overweight, morbidly obese, um, struggled with it his whole life, tried everything, nothing really worked. And then he found ketosis in a ketogenic diet and it worked really well for him. And he has researched this extensively as one of the um, uh, most popular health shows on iTunes podcast. And over the years, he has interviewed doctors and researchers and, and people who have experienced ketosis and people who have um, used it for weight loss and training and endurance and all kinds of different things. So when he wrote the book, he went back and worked with a lot of the people he had interviewed over the years. So you get this perspective from lots of different disciplines, people who are medical doctors, people who are scientific researchers, people who have experienced it. There are some nutritionists in there. So it's just a, a really great resource. 
if you want to understand the, the ketogenic diet and, and all the implications. Um, and, and one of the reasons I chose this topic today is I just started attending a 10-day um, ketogenic summit. I just started attending mm -hmm. it this morning. It's all virtual, but it is mm -hmm. 10 days of the top experts in the world on ketosis. So I, I'm going to be probably talking a lot more about ketosis for the next couple of weeks because I have a feeling I'm going to be learning a lot of new information about it during this conference. In fact, I've already learned one really interesting fact. You're probably familiar with Ben Greenfield. Uh -huh. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's considered like the top personal mm -hmm. trainer in the world. He was a bodybuilder, then he was an Ironman. Um, and he is another one of those guys that gets really, really deep into the science and, and uses his own body as kind of a science experiment. So he's got a ton of experience helping people primarily with training you know, endurance training and things like that, but still a ton of experience with helping people get into ketosis. And one of the, I, I listened to um, his interview this morning as part of this conference, and he had a really interesting take. He said when he works with women and they are struggling with ketosis and being in a ketogenic diet. We know we see that a lot. We say it all the time. Guys have mm -hmm. a really easy time with this. And women, some have an easy time and some seem to struggle. It's interesting. When he finds a woman who is struggling in ketosis, he said the first thing he does is he pushes them to increase their calorie intake. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Which we're afraid to do. <laughs> that's what he said. That that's what he mm -hmm. he said. You know, we all know that when you're ketogenic, your appetite is is really kind of disappears. And he said women are so health conscious and weight conscious, and they've been told their whole life, calories in, calories out. They're afraid of fat. And he said it, it's he finds that because when they're in ketosis, their appetite kind of goes away, that they will restrict their calories without even realizing it mm -hmm. and finds that the, the the thing that helps the most is to just push them to eat more and to eat more fat which is kind of cool because once you can get that through your head you you don't have to restrict calories you don't have to say oh you know i'm, I'm a little hungry but i don't really want to eat right now you should just eat if you're hungry, you should just eat. And maybe for women, you may even want to eat if you're not hungry. You know, you may want to find good quality snacks and, and eat more. I thought that was really interesting that, it, but that makes sense. Everything we know about the body and, and if you kind of deprive the body of calories, it will go into kind of starvation mode where it holds on to its calories really tightly and it doesn't want to let them go. Yeah. And yeah. So there's a little bit of that going on. And then if you restrict calories too much, you're also restricting nutrients. You know, if you're only eating a thousand calories a day, it's hard to get all the nutrition you need. 
I mean, every food you eat would have to be so nutrient dense, and it's usually not, that I think that's probably more of what's going on and why women struggle with it because they're not taking in enough calories and they're not getting their nutrition. And that's where we talked about last week, I think I mentioned this, that women seem to do better if they add more of the starchy carbs back into their diet, sweet potatoes and carrots and so a little bit more of the root vegetables. And I think what happens there are two things. I think you get more nutrition when you do that. And I think those resistant starches we're getting really help feed the good gut bacteria, which we know does so many things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good point. And it's, it, is, it is hard though, but it's that trusting factor, just like we were with the fat, you know, to just, just trust this. This is what our body needs. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it, it, and you can understand this for women. I mean, for as long as, you know, we've been around, um, women have been told calories in, calories out, you know, low fat, uh, body image is such a big issue. And, you know, for men, not so much. I mean, men don't diet nearly as much as women do. Men don't worry so much about, you know, body image and body weight. So I think for them, the ketogenic diet is easy because we they we tell them exactly what they want to hear. Eat as much as you want, eat all the fat. <laughs> yeah. And you know, love that. It works really well for them. And and this makes sense. I understand there are some hormonal difference differences, but I think this explanation makes more sense about this than anything else I've heard. You know, and it's, it's with talking with people with the supplement orders, it is been across the board with every woman I've talked to on them too. Um, so it's been the forefront of something that, you know, I wanted to chat with you about and stuff too. What do you think about this too? Because I've heard, um, like Benita Torres talks about, you know, first thing, he'll have them cut back the fat a little bit. Is it maybe then to get more, you know, I don't know, find it elsewhere, like you said, the, the starchy general carbs to get more nutrients? in there along with the calories um yeah and 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 the idea probably behind restricting the fat a little bit more um could be so that we're not curbing the appetite quite as much Mm. yeah it's the fat it's the appetite down and Mm -hmm. then for a woman to say oh look i could just skip two meals today because i'm not hungry and yeah that i is where they're not getting the nutrients they need. So I think the idea there might be cut back a little bit on the fat and it will allow them a little bit more of an appetite so they will be pushed to maybe eat more. Okay. Let's uh, let's get to a break. We'll come right back and I think we'll get right to some phone calls. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rothbard.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me, and we're talking about ketosis specifically, which is a topic we talk about a lot. Um, but I, the book recommendation today, Keto Clarity by Jimmy Moore, and Jimmy's going to be joining us again for the 2017 CMC. That's exciting. And uh, Kim and I, Kim and I wasn't sure about this, but you just sent me a text. You're also registered for the uh, Keto Summit, correct? <laughs> Yeah, and that's why I'm like four days behind. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I need to kick that up. Yeah, but it, it's uh, it, it's a mm -hmm. virtual conference, but it's ten mm -hmm. days of of just a tremendous amount of material about the ketogenic diet, which is exciting because mm -hmm. it's an area that's so new still, and so many people are are really starting to research it heavily and experiment more with it. So, you know, I, I kind of compare this. I do all kinds of conferences, whether it's taxes or financial planning. And most of those, I'm just bored out of my mind because nothing changes. You know, taxes are taxes. Even when they change it, it's a mess. Financial planning doesn't really change. So, you know, I, I have to do some continuing education in those areas, but it bores me to tears. This stuff, though, is so exciting because mm -hmm. we are literally learning new things every day. So it, it's exciting for me to go in and see, you know, a lot of the world's top experts on this coming together in one place and, and 10 days of this content. I expect to learn a lot. You know, it's really cool. And I know and it's I know people want answers a lot of times really fast when they start looking for here. Like, you know, what do I eat? What do I this? What do I that? Um, I was just talking with somebody yesterday too and I said there's just so much to learn about it. So take it a step at a time, you know, get started and, and just dive into learning because it is absolutely fascinating. The, you're absolutely right. The other thing I, I want people to realize is that our traditional medical model that, that we are so wrapped up in and, and so used to, that model treats everybody the same. You have mm -hmm. this symptom, we have this drug. You have this problem, we have this surgery. And this this new movement, the new health movement that I see, whether it's paleo, ketogenic, um, you know, the the kind of things the NTA and the N, the NTA talks about the whole food diet, all of these kind of new movements around health, all believe that we are very bio individual, and mm -hmm. and there is one right answer when it comes to health or or any or nutrition and that's part of the problem in the old model it, it, it they're taught one thing here's the problem here's the drug here's the surgery everybody's the same and we're not we're, we're not even close again one of the the um, lectures I watched this morning in the conference talked about um, how on kind of the cutting edge of this they're using genetics, like they're using genetic testing, but not in the way that most people following genetics have been for the last decade. Genetics is, has, the last decade has been, we can find a gene that shows why you have this problem, and then we're going to develop a drug that solves that issue. Yeah, and I think that that movement is kind of dying because they're finding out 
that they can't correlate single genes to anything. You know, they thought for sure they were going to find a gene that caused every cancer and they were going to find a gene that caused this. And, and they're just not finding it. They're finding out it is way more complicated than that. But this new movement is kind of using genetics in a, in a much different way. One of the things they're using it for is when, when you can follow your genetics backwards, which we're able to do once you have your, once you get your profile, you can, you know what your ancestry was. And there's enough research that shows depend on, depending on what your ancestry is, you can tell things about a diet that's going to work better for you. For example, Asians, if you have a, a strong Asian background, um, Asians did eat a lot of dairy products. I mean, that's never been part of their culture. So they are almost always lactose intolerant. They've never developed the ability to digest dairy products very well. There are other parts of the world, if, if you come from that background, you are able to digest lactose really well. And that means that can then be a part of your diet. And there's, there are genetic backgrounds that actually handle high carbohydrate diets really well. And so you could, if you know that, then you could kind of customize your diet a little better, or at least you can play around with it. You know, if you find out that your genetic background is good at, at metabolizing carbohydrates, you might find that you do better on, say, 100 to 150 grams of good quality carbohydrates a day. Um, or you may find that you can stay in ketosis with more carbohydrates than, than other people. So it's interesting. And again, this is all really kind of new stuff and we're just learning a lot of this, but I, I guess that's why I'm so excited because I love learning new stuff and everything about this is just new. We're just learning things constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And you like all that science stuff. That is interesting. Um, you know, we, there's one of the um, tests that my doctor of Chinese medicine, and I can't think what the name of the test is, that determines whether somebody is even more geared towards high-intensity type of workouts or they, their body is geared for low, slung endurance. And I thought that was uh, pretty interesting as well. That was also mentioned in the uh, talk that I sat through this morning. There mm, is a okay. test that can tell you. Are you better off doing like, you know, CrossFit kind of high intensity training or are you better off with the, the longer, you know, endurance kind of stuff? So, again, mm -hmm. what it comes back to is there is no one size fits all. And anybody who's running around, whether they're helping you with nutrition or training or whatever, and if they say, no, this is the best way, they're just wrong because there is no best way. We're all different. And the idea is take what we're learning and try things and see what works for you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I have found that I tend to do, and I just got into a discussion about this in the NTP group. Um, it's somebody asked about the ketogenic diet and, and, the NTA, and if you're studying to be an NTP, they don't specifically address the ketogenic diet at all. They don't even, they, they talk about some macronutrient balance, but they only have a starting point 
And then the idea is you customize it per the client as you learn more and more about them. So a lot of NTPs don't understand the ketogenic diet. It's not part of the training. Well, I understand it because I've done so mm -hmm. much research about it. So a lot of the other NTPs um, kind of come to me on questions of, you know, ketogenic diet, ketosis. And um, one of the things I'm trying to help them with is that it is very individual. You know, it, uh, some of them believe that you need to cycle in and out of ketosis. And if that works for you and you feel better, then you should. I found that cycling in and out of ketosis does not make me feel any better. Um, I found that for me, I feel best and I can get the most nutrition when I stay at the bottom end of ketosis, of nutritional ketosis. So I eat as many good carbs as I can get away with and still keep my ketone levels in that 0.5 to about 1.5 range on the blood test. I very seldom go over that. In order for me to go over that, I've got to either fast for a day or I've got to go really, really low carb for a day. And then sometimes I can get up in that two or three range. But I found I don't feel any better when I'm in the two or three range. So there's no point in restricting my carbs or fasting to get there because I just don't see any benefit. But I also don't see any benefit when I cycle in and out. In fact, I tend to feel worse. So for me, I just like staying in that kind of bottom range of ketosis all the time. Yeah, and I love the fact that, um, and I think a lot of our listeners do this too, just really pay attention to what they're doing and how their body reacts. I, I don't think I've ever seen a group this strong in the awareness. And um, really, and what, what I love, you know, when we're working with them too, is we completely share everything about what's going on in their life too, because we know it all intertwines and goes together. Um, we have to do that, you know, be honest with ourselves and be honest if we're working with somebody with all the different aspects of health and life to see, you know, what might be working. So, yeah, yeah my, my thing with the ketosis is that I'm not strong in ketosis, but when I do go out for some reason, it my hardest challenge is the, you know, then instantly the cravings come back. So, um, yeah, you know, then that makes it a little more of a challenge. Good points. Let's uh, let's get to a break. And this time when we come back from the break, we will get to your calls. I promise. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. Hey, Kim, I, I was just, uh, when we went to the break, I was just looking at my email and I get um, Diet Doctors, one of my favorite websites. 
And I, so I uh-huh. get their newsletter all the time. And I just got this one and I don't have time to go read it, but I kind of like this. It talks about, they call it the meal diet, M-E-A-L. And I thought, oh, I wonder what that is. And I looked at it real quick. I haven't had time to read the article, but um, it's an acronym for meat, eggs, added fats for cooking, added is the A, and leaves, non-starchy vegetables. That's kind of a cool little acronym. Yeah, yeah. Nice, simple. <laughs> yeah. So that's a simple kind of meal. Yep. There you go. What do you say we take some calls? That sounds great. Let's go. Let's go to Texas. Daniel, welcome to the program. Hey, Kim and Karen. Great show. Hey, Daniel. I called in last week, and I had thought I had all my numbers for my cholesterol, but I've got them all this week, so I think I'm ready. And I believe, Kim, are those the numbers you sent over earlier? Yep, yep. When I saw Daniel call back in, I was okay, glad good. to see him. All right. Daniel, I am glad you called, and I am glad we're using your numbers because this is almost a perfect example of why the medical community always focuses on the wrong numbers. You are just a, almost a classic textbook example of this. So let me go through your numbers real quick. Total cholesterol, 272. Now, that's a number the medical community focuses on, and it, it amazes me that they focus on this when it's a stupid number. It is a combination of numbers that some we want high, some we want low, and some we need to look at totally different things. And everybody who understands cholesterol today said, we should not even look at this number. It doesn't make any sense. Yours is 272, and under all the guidelines, you are at high risk. We, we need to ignore this number, so I'm going to move on. Your LDL, which is what we consider the bad cholesterol, but that's not true either because if we really want to understand LDL, we have to do a further test that tells us the LDL particle size because big, fluffy LDL is neutral or maybe even beneficial, but it's not bad. But again... If all we have is the number, it's kind of meaningless. Well, yours is 172. Again, you, it comes up in giant big red letters, high risk. Then we get to HDL, which is the good cholesterol. Yours is 78. That's optimal. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Your triglyceride is 110, which is completely normal. Now, what we know about cholesterol today is that the ratios of cholesterol are a much better indication of health than any of those other numbers we just talked about. So here's the interesting thing. I, I, I calculate three different ratios. I calculate cholesterol to HDL, HDL to LDL, and triglycerides to HDL. And when I calculate yours, Every one of them come up as ideal. I mean, every Yay. one of your ratios is exactly <laughs> where we want to see them. In fact, they're they're optimal. They're they're way better than average. So here's a case where the two numbers that the medical community keeps focusing on, you come up as high risk. But when we look at the ratios that we know are a much better indication, you're virtually perfect. 
Okay. Sounds good. I was about ready to make out my uh, sit down and make out my will after the they called and gave me yeah. my numbers. I'm going like. Yeah, and that's why, okay. I, like I said, I'm so glad you shared these numbers with us because this is a great example of the way the medical community would look at these numbers. They'd have you on statins in a heartbeat, and yet I, I, I can't imagine that you could get your ratios any better. Okay. Hey, so do you know of any – I live in Dallas. Do you know of any uh, – because I'm going to have to switch doctors because they want me to come back and they – you know and, hadn't been taking them they they actually called it in but i never picked them up do you know many doctors around here in the dallas area like, i don't i i don't yeah, um you, know, you, you could start with an ntp i i imagine in an area that big you should be able to find an ntp naturopaths would be plentiful in that area um okay. kim i know you like your doctor of chinese medicine that's another option yeah, I found her on the uh, Paleo Physicians Network. <clears throat> so, Danielle, I can okay. send you a couple links that you can click in on and uh, take a look at. Okay, thanks. Thanks a lot. You guys have a good day. You're, you're welcome. Thanks for the call. Kim, that is just uh, like the perfect example mm -hmm. of looking at these numbers the way they should be looked at. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, let's go to Arkansas. Maria, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you guys doing this morning? Good. What can we help you with? Well, I have boo-boo questions, but I'm going to go ahead and limit it to three, which are the primary ones. First of all, I've been, or I went on the ketogenic about two months ago. I don't think I've gone into ketosis, but then again, I'm 57. I figure it's going to take some time, and I've been under a whole bunch of stress. So I can't help but think that stress in itself isn't helping me. But right. um, one of the reasons why I've been going or I've been in so much stress is my dad had his gallbladder taken out about a month and a half ago. He's been in the hospital since then. Major problem. He had um, a duck that was leaking bile, they tapped it off, then he had got pancreatitis, and they found out the duct was still leaking because they needed a bigger tap. Anyway, the poor man has gone to hell and back I don't know how many times. He also ended up getting a, an abscess in his stomach because of all the bile that was released into his abdomen. And they have, they've had to drain his stomach out twice, once to remove bile, the second time to um, drained the uh, abscess. The problem we're having with him right now is, I know, poor man, he's 80 years old. But the big problem now is that he won't eat. And the reason he won't eat is because he says it tastes so bad, he just wants to throw it up. Now, this is a man who would eat anything, everything, all day long. Love food. Right. So for him not to be eating and just hating food, I was just wondering, do you, and the doctors can't figure out what's going on. They're thinking it may be the medication they've had to put him on because he's been on major painkillers and antibiotics. But I was wondering if by chance you might have some idea as to what may be causing that effect. Because if he won't eat, he's not going to get better. He's just going to starve to death. Yeah, this... Um I'm afraid I'm not going to be a whole lot of help here because 
is in the hospital. He is under doctor's care. And there's so many. Exactly. Having the gallbladder out is, you know, that's surgery. Surgery creates all kinds of problems. He obviously had some right. complications, which makes it much worse. Um, they do have him heavily medicated. And all yeah. of those things are going to affect appetite. Um, so it's no surprise that he doesn't want, he doesn't have any appetite. He's not active. So you're not burning a lot of calories. No. So that naturally is going to shut down appetite. The drugs are shutting down the appetite. The surgery and being so invasive on his digestive system. Um, my, my best advice would be to, and because he's in the hospital, you're going to have to bring in people with medical credentials. I mean, they're, they're not, you know, an NTP is not going to be able to help out. You are probably going to want to seek out a natural path and, and add to the medical that other here. There's somebody trying to perform natural remedies. And there are some things they can do. Oh, boy, we just lost Maria completely. The call just dropped. Um, so that would be my advice. You're going to have to either seek out a, a doctor of functional medicine, a naturopath, and get another voice into the mix here because doctors and hospitals will keep doing the same thing. They'll keep giving him another drug, another procedure. And I, I just think we need another opinion in here that will work more towards some, some natural remedies here. Um, and we also know, Kim, this is just so common, that the medical community takes out the gallbladder and their only answer seems to be eat low fat, a low fat diet. Mm -hmm. And that's not yeah. the answer. The answer is we still need fat in our diet. We still need the fat-soluble vitamins in our diet. And we just have to supplement with the bile salts so that they can digest the fat, not go low fat. That just exacerbates the problems. But again, there's just so much going on with this one that uh, it's going to be a little more complicated. And I, I really think that you need to find somebody with medical credentials but with a different approach. So we'll, we'll be right back. We'll get to more of your calls and questions right after this. Kevin Rutherford. All right, a quick heads up. We're heading into the uh, final segment of the first hour. We are going to do a second hour today because I see we have tons of questions on the line. So uh, if, if it looks like we have some openings towards the end of the second hour, uh, I'll let you know at the breaks right now. We're going to keep moving. Here we go. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me, and we're going to get back to the phones. Let's go to Kentucky. Edward, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking my call, Kevin. 
I'm a 54-year-old male that's uh, diabetic. My physical's coming up next month, and I'm working on trying to get my blood sugar down. I've been on this ketosis diet now for about a month and a half. I first checked my A1C when I started it, and it was at 10. I've got it wow. down to 8.6 now, and I've got it down to 8.6 now. Yeah, I'm not – I've always been one, you know – have a physical every two years or a couple of months before my physical. I cut the carbs out of my diet and sort of get on the Atkins diet and get my blood sugar down. As long as it didn't show up in my urine, the doctor didn't have no questions about it, you know. He right. got on medication. He said, how's that working for you? Oh, it's doing good as long as I watch what I eat. Right. And so now, you know, since they're checking the A1Cs now on the physical, i got to get a little more serious about it. Well, uh, and I'm glad. Um, it. it yeah, and, and your accomplishments so far are pretty amazing. That's a big drop from 10 to 8.6. You're heading in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been reading up on, online some about the ketosis diet, and uh, some of them bring up uh, that it might damage the kidneys. Uh, there is a kidney disease that runs through my family, and I couldn't tell you the name of it. So, you know, I am concerned about, you know, the welfare of my kidneys. So. Is, let me is, uh, is let dangerous? me ease your fears. Those are total myths. There is nothing about being in ketosis that's hard on your kidneys. The, the only possible connection they could make is that when you transition into ketosis, it's very common to become dehydrated because what happens is when you are not in ketosis, when you're eating the typical diet, your body stores about 2,000 calories worth of glycogen. And that's, that's how we store sugar in our body for energy. And as soon as a little bit of it gets depleted, there's enough in our diet that our body just tops the stores off and we, we stay fully um, filled up with glycogen all the time. Now, once you go into ketosis, your body starts burning up that glycogen and you're not replacing it because you're eating such a low carb diet. And when it, when it loses the glycogen, it loses three to four molecules of water for every one molecule of glycogen. So people find that they're peeing all the time when they first go into ketosis. And if you don't replenish that water and the electrolytes that go with it, then long term, if you were to stay dehydrated, yeah, that would be very hard on your kidneys. But that's not the case. That's not what we're doing. I mean, it's why we recommend staying very hydrated, putting more salt, good sea salt on your food. I think that drinking the light balance every day for anybody, for probably anybody is good because our diets are so depleted minerals anyway. But if you're on a ketogenic diet, drink plenty of water, take the light balance every day, a capful or two, and there's zero danger to your kidneys. Okay. I hear you talking about checking your ketose. Uh, yes. Are you after to, to get it to a higher number? Um, not necessarily. And that, that's a good question. That's what I was talking about earlier. I found that I stay at the very bottom of ketosis and I feel great. Um, 
and it's just much less restrictive. I can I don't have to watch what I eat nearly as much, and I still eat a really high quality diet, but I I will use a little more local raw honey to sweeten some things. I will eat more sweet potatoes, um, and when I measure mine by a blood test, I, I stay in that 0.5 um, to about 1.5. I mean, I hardly ever get to two. Now, I know how to get up into the threes if I want. I can do a little bit of fasting. I can eat, drink, or you know, consume more of the brain octane and watch my carbs, and I can go up into that three level but I only feel a little bit better. The one thing I notice, if I stay up at that three level, my energy is kind of through the roof all day long. But honestly, like more than what I need. You know, if I were out, you know, really working out, hitting the gym hard, doing a physical kind of job, maybe I would want to stay up at that level. But I feel really good at the lower level of ketosis. But I, but I think that's an individual thing. I think the more testing you do, um, the more you're going to know where you feel better. I, I've not done no testing as far as checking that. I have noticed on this diet that uh, I do have more energy. Uh, I used to I'd sit down in a chair, you know, I'd fall asleep right away when my sugar was high. Right. I didn't have the energy that I had. I've lost some weight. I am a little overweight, but weight loss is not what I'm after. I'm just trying to control my blood sugar levels. I, I do and, like this diet. And there is no better way. I mean, there is just so much evidence that this is the single best way to improve your blood sugar numbers. Um, and the the really cool thing is the longer you do this, the better your numbers are going to get. I mean, my number, my blood sugar numbers are still improving after almost two years. Yeah. You know, I'm Edward. I um, have to quit cooking spaghetti. I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. I love to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Edward, I wanted to because you did, you mentioned, um, do you find this is um, a, a lifestyle that you can stay on or are you feeling deprived because you mentioned that before your test you know like two years ago then you hopped on this you know the Atkins diet and so forth do you feel like this is something that is you can stay on long term yeah I can uh I do want to ask you about protein because I, I I seem to eat a lot of protein I'm trying to eat more vegetables and, and grains but I do, I'm, uh, I'm a meat eater so I, I do eat a lot of protein Okay, is that a so problem, Kevin? it is, especially with somebody who is insulin resistant, and you're clearly insulin resistant with A1Cs at 10, because your body will have a, a tendency to convert that protein right to glucose. And I know it sounds crazy that you could eat a steak and your blood sugar goes up, but that's exactly what happens in somebody who's insulin resistant if they go low carb, the body is looking for that glucose and it will find it somewhere. Um, so you want to keep your protein intake as low as possible without muscle wasting. And I, I think if people stay in that 80 to 100 grams of protein, you're going to be just fine. But I think people are surprised to find that 80 grams of protein is a 12-ounce ribeye. 
I mean, that would be your entire protein for the day almost. So you've got to cut back on the portions of protein. And the best way that I found is to make sure that when I eat protein, I eat a lot of fat with it. So I, I always lean towards the, the uh, fattier cuts. I, I don't eat ribeyes and, and New York strips anymore. I eat um, prime rib, um, beef short ribs, um, pork ribs, the really shanks, the really fatty cuts because the fat will satisfy your appetite so you won't have to eat as much of the protein. And, and I'll add things like the homemade mayonnaise or butter or, you know, rich cream sauce kind of stuff to, to the meat so that you get much more fat with that meal and that'll help you cut back on the protein. And, and okay. you don't have to cut back at all on vegetables. Eat, eat all the vegetables you want. Now, the starchy underground vegetables, be careful with those. But anything that grows above ground, especially greens, spinach and kale well, and bok. The, okay, what about the sweet potatoes? That's an that's a underground product. Go really, really easy on those. Like for you right now, I would say just avoid them completely right now. I, I avoided them for well over a year just didn't eat them at all. And now that my blood sugar numbers are so much better, and I do know that I can eat, like, for example, I, I made a dish um, this week. It was like a, uh, I called it an Irish shepherd's pie. So I did uh, a grass-fed corned beef, um, cabbage and leeks, and I made kind of a saute out of all of that. I put it in a cast iron pan, and no, actually, I used a stone. Um, and then I covered it with roasted sweet potatoes that were almost like mashed sweet potatoes. So it's kind of like a shepherd's pie thing. And that was yeah, uh, more potato than I've eaten in a long time. But for you right now, I would avoid the starchy vegetables completely. But I, you can load up on all of the above ground vegetables and especially the greens. So you want to think when you sit down to a meal, you want to think, make sure I've got plenty of fat in this meal. I want a little bit of protein and I can eat all the vegetables I want. And, and to make the vegetables better, load them up with fat. If they're steamed vegetables, load them up with good grass-fed butter or ghee, coconut oil, um, mayonnaise or, or dip, make them very high quality. But you can add a lot of fat to vegetables and it makes them good. Uh, Kim, we're all out of time. We've got to get out of here. Um, no, just uh, keep coming back, learn some more about keto with us, and share your experiences and successes. There you go. We'll see you next time. I'm Kevin. All right, we're going to jump right into a second hour here. So here we go. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford, or welcome to the program, actually. We're uh, starting a new show tonight, so welcome to the program. 
I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. This is uh, an extension of Destination Health. So Kim is here with me, and we're going to take your calls and answer your questions about everything health, fitness, nutrition, diet, lifestyle, disease, prescription drugs, training, you name it. We'll take your calls and answer your questions. And Kim, you know, our, uh, our Destination Health started off as an hour every week and pretty quickly has really kind of grown into two because we never get to all of our questions in an hour. In fact, most weeks we don't get to them in two. And our our weekend shows are running probably more than 50% health questions now. Wow, and, that's awesome. You know, yeah, we've talked about it in the past, and I know some people would rather we just stick to business, but but we've always said, this show is really about what the listeners and the callers want to talk about. And, and clearly, they want to talk about this stuff. And, and that's exactly what we're going to do. You know, the, the show is still dictated by the callers. If the callers want to talk about trucks and fuel mileage and taxes, we will. They want to talk about health, we will. And overwhelmingly, they want to talk about health. Yeah, I love it. And I love people come with very, very specific um, questions, specific experiences, and are willing to learn. And um, it is just, I've learned so much from our listeners, and I'm so grateful. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, kind of the NTP community, It's a, there's an interesting phenomenon going on, so much so that the NTA, the Nutritional Therapy Association, reached out to me and said, what the hell are you doing? Because (laughs) we have have truck drivers signing up to become Mm -hmm. NTCs. That's never happened before. And all of a sudden, we have all these truck drivers signing up to take our course. And we are getting flooded with calls from our NTPs around the country saying, (laughs) what's going on with all the truck drivers? Why are we getting these truck driver clients? Um, So they reached out to me. And and so actually I'm going to be meeting um, with the NTA this weekend. I'm going to a conference this weekend in Mm -hmm. Portland. Um, It's put on by Biotics, which is the company we get all of our supplements from. So I'm going to go, you know, do some more continuing education on supplementation and those kind of things. But um, the NTA is going to be there and I'm actually meeting with them to talk more about how we expand this idea and this program around the country. But the other interesting thing that the, the NTPs are reporting, they're saying, not only are we getting all these truck drivers, but these guys and, and women are really educated about this stuff. Like they already know about the nutrient dense whole food diet and they know about, you know, how the functional evaluation is going to go. And so it, it, they're just like shocked because out of the, this just all came out of the blue. Uh, but I thought that was just awesome that not only are truck drivers showing up at NTPs, but they're showing up very well educated and motivated. And they're saying, yeah, they really do what we tell them to do. <laughs> That's awesome. And you know what? I'm doing, you know, the NTC course right now. We have one of our drivers and listeners. Um, I was so happy to see him out in the list of, of uh, students as well. So it just was like, wow, here we go. This is just, and it's the vision you had too. 
and it's kind of cool to see it happening. Yeah, yeah. We um, we haven't talked about this in a while, but when we uh, sat down to to go down this whole journey of you know the health side of things, which we take very seriously, we didn't jump into this lightly. You and I decided that. You know, when you look at the statistics, the American population is unhealthy. They get more unhealthy every year. But when you look at the statistics for truck drivers, it's like unhealthy on steroids. I mean, every problem that the typical American has, it's exacerbated in truck drivers. There's more obesity. There's more diabetes. There's more high blood pressure. There's more smoking. There's less activity. I mean, everything about the truck driver population right now is very unhealthy. And at first we talked about, you know, kind of bringing truck drivers up to speed and getting them as healthy as the general population. And then we thought, wait a minute, it doesn't make any sense. Why don't we take the trucking industry and make an example of how healthy you could be even in an unhealthy lifestyle? So our goal is to make truck drivers an example of how healthy you can be, and we want them to be healthier than the general population. I think that's an awesome, and it is so attainable because look at our list. And we need our listeners, you know, our tribe to, um, you know, spread the word as well. I know um, it's a big thing um, for Becky. It speaks to her heart where she wants to have some ideas on things we can do, like, um, you know, just to have on your truck and truck stops or T-shirts or something. And I talked to one of our listeners last week, and that's, you know, He's talking to everybody that will, you know, within six feet of them about this too. Now, you know, that might take a while, but you're planting a seed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And our, our tribe is doing just such an awesome job at this. First off at really taking ownership and making big changes. And we have all these success stories and I'm just blown away by what people are accomplishing but they're also spreading the word outside of trucking. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are getting more and more listeners that aren't truck drivers, uh, which is also exciting. And people are spreading it to their family. So I am just, you know, overjoyed at, at how well this is being um, accepted and people are working on it and spreading it. And I've, I've got another cool story. I, the last couple of weeks, I've been working really hard at finding and identifying products to help um, be healthier in the truck, whether it's food that you can, that's easy to carry in the truck and, and helps you stay ketogenic or some supplements or specialty products. And I, I've been doing what I love to do, which is research and testing. So I'm buying all kinds of crazy foods. I'm testing all kinds of things when I eat them. And I, I one of the issues we know um, is a problem and it's one of the foundations in in the NTP and NTC training we focus on foundations and one of those foundations is mineral balance and mm -hmm. it's really important I mean we, we have light balance which is a great product and I love that but I also know that every time I do mineral testing whether it's on myself or somebody else there are a couple really important minerals that people are deficient in two that come to mind right away are zinc and iodine and we do the zinc and iodine test and everybody fails i mean virtually everybody i've ever tested is deficient in zinc and iodine and i started looking at well i guess we could supplement and then i started realizing that 
seafood, anything that comes out of the ocean is very high in minerals, but we don't tend to eat a lot of seafood, most of us. And being on the road, you really don't find a lot of good quality seafood to eat when you're driving around in a truck. So the more I looked, though, the more I saw that sea vegetables, seaweed, nori, uh, dulse, some of those other things are like off the charts high in minerals, like sometimes a hundred times more mineral density than a, a plant grown on land. And they're high in some of the minerals that are very hard to get in our diet, um, iodine primarily. And we've talked about low thyroid function Mm -hmm. being one Mm -hmm. of the problems for people in ketosis. And iodine is what keeps the thyroid healthy and functioning. But we have a hard time getting iodine in our diet. So I started testing all these different like snacks made out of sea vegetables, seaweed and that kind of stuff. Some of them are just awful. Um, The taste is just, I'm to the point where I don't have to love everything I eat now. I mean, I love to eat, I love good food, but I also understand the idea of food being medicine. And, And I'm willing to eat some things that maybe I'm not absolutely in love with if there's a reason. So I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to just suffer through the seaweed stuff because I know I'm deficient in iodine. But while I was testing, I came across this brand that I just fell in love with. I mean, I open a bag of this stuff sitting at my desk and I will eat the whole bag. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with eating the whole bag. There's nothing in here I wouldn't want. Um, it, it's very, very low carb. It's just loaded with... Um, all kinds of minerals. So I thought, I want this stuff in our store. I want to reach out. So I, I got in touch with the company. And here's the interesting part. I, I sent them an email and I got a response back in probably 30 seconds. Somebody was sitting in, yeah, right at their desk when that email came through. And I kind of told the story, you know, of what we do in the trucking side and the radio show and all that. So Um, When we get back from this break, I'll tell you uh, why this was so interesting. Uh, And we're going to get this guy on the radio, too, by the way, because he's got a great story. So stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Roth. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. So, Kim, I get this email back. The guy says, oh, I, I really love to work with you. And I, he said, in the 90s, I was a long-distance truck driver, so I understand oh how difficult it is. And this is the owner of the company. Um, so we scheduled a call, and I called him. His story gets even better. Um, one way, it, it, it's a little sad. 
Um, but it, it really shows, you know, that he does have a clear understanding of this. So he went to graduate school and, and, you know, by the time you get to graduate school, you're spending a ton of money and graduate school is pretty, you know, rigorous. So he had to figure out a way to work his way through and he took a job driving truck and he was driving overnight and, you know, kind of local. So he could go to classes in the day and, then he actually got married and his wife came on the truck with him and they ended up going over the road and he was working on some postgraduate stuff at the time and he was able to do it while he was on the road. Um, the problem was he was on the road for about three years and in that short period of time, he developed Crohn's disease and he says oh, wow. it, it, it was absolutely the diet and the lifestyle. He said the lifestyle for me was stressful. You know, for some people, driving is relaxing. For me, it is. Um, but, but some people find this job very stressful. And he said he did. It, it was a lot of stress. He was eating horribly. And he developed Crohn's. And it was pretty severe. So he, he quit driving. And he started really digging into medical research. And he learned all of the same stuff you and I talk about now, that, that our system sucks. Our food is a mess, our medical system's a mess, and it's keeping people sick. It's not making anybody healthy. And that was how he got interested in real, whole, functional food, and that was what led him to the sea vegetables. And I mean, this company's pretty interesting. They actually go out in the Pacific Ocean and harvest all their own seaweed. Wow. Yeah. And from a business standpoint, what that took for him to you know, get started and bring to market and, um, you know, to try to help others. That is really cool. Yeah. Now here's the part that I just found awesome. <laughs> so we've all watched, or we know of the show ice road truckers, which is, mm -hmm. um, you know, driving the ice roads in Canada. That's pretty extreme. No question. We, we know what the conditions are like up there. That's why they have a TV show. Cause it's interesting. Here's what I found to be really interesting. Um, in Antarctica, which is the bottom of the world, there really is, I mean, there are no continents that connect to Antarctica the way they do the Arctic Circle. There's, nobody lives in Antarctica, but there is a big research station down there. And it's been down there for a long time and people tend to move in and out. Scientific researchers will go down there for, you know, six months and live down there, but nobody really lives, lives down there. It's just all research. And the, the conditions are unbelievably extreme. So it turns out that they have an airstrip down there because everything has to be flown in. And then they have this research station. And I forget how much distance is in between them, but it's quite a bit for whatever reason. He actually lived down there and drove truck. He oh would the supplies off the plane and deliver it to the base so he was like the ultimate ice road trucker how cool is that that's very oh my gosh yeah so he is he's really excited we are um i'm expecting an email from him today and we're going to talk about getting his products in the store but you know i never thought i would say i love snacking on seaweed <laughs> that's great and you know what? I just love when you know when you're doing good things people are gonna be put in your path to help you know spread spread it you know to others and that's just what we found 
um, ever since we started this journey, truly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited. I mean, starting a small food company is difficult. Food is a very, Mm -hmm. very competitive industry. And in what I'm starting to learn is in the specialized food, it's really difficult because they're using the highest quality ingredients you can find. That's the whole point behind this functional food. And the problem comes in in pricing. I mean, we are so used to cheap food that when we see the price of what really, really good quality food is, we get sticker shock. And they've been in business about four years. And and he was up front with me. He said, we're struggling. He said, I love this business. I love what we're doing. We have so many great stories. But financially, he says, we're having a hard time. Um, I'd really love to help them. I mean, if it, mm-hmm. I, I love the product. I completely believe in it. Um, we're going to get it in the store. And I, I love, and we'll let everybody know as soon as we have it in the store, we're ready to go with it. I, I would love people to try it. You know, we'll probably even run some sort of a special on a first bag or something just so people can try it. And, you know, if you like it, keep buying it. I mean, I, I would love to support this company that, you know, is, is, has such a great mission. He has that trucking background. He went through the same thing many of our listeners went through, losing, you know, a big part of their health because of driving. And he's doing something to fix that. So I, I would love uh, to have our tribe support them as well. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. Let's get to uh, some phone calls. Let's go to Utah to get started. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Say, my call is uh, my wife has uh, the diabetes or whatnot. She actually just got out of her appointment this morning. Um, four months ago, her, her A1C was 8.2 and now it's 8.6. We've drastically in the last two years changed our diet something fierce you know um it seems but obviously not enough or whatever but anyway so i wrote down the 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 keto clarity by jimmy moore in the introduction well uh and anyways uh you know i'm just looking for some kind of direction if you can tell me where we could go to get you know, is the the is that diet would that be a good thing to? It seems like it would by the other callers. Um, you know, I don't. We're, we're just looking for some kind of direction, I guess. If, it, if I a, a, a true ketogenic diet is the single best thing you can do for diabetes, and and really, it's just logical. Diabetes is high blood sugar. We get high blood sugar from anything that our body will convert to glucose. So obviously, things that are sweet will increase our blood sugar, but things that are starchy will actually increase your blood sugar even more. So if we don't put the sugar or the starches in our diet, in our body, then we can't have high blood sugar. I mean, it's just logic. It's amazing to me that the medical community doesn't get this, but I I think the medical community says, look, you know, people are going to eat what they're going to eat. And we just need to figure out a way to cover it up with medicine. The problem is it's a very, very unhealthy way to live. No matter how strict you are, the, the, the disease will take its toll. So the single best thing you can do is put the least amount of sugar and carbohydrates into your body in the first place. 
and then you won't have a blood sugar problem. And that's really what the ketogenic diet is all about. Um, it, it works so well because you don't have to go hungry. Most diabetic diets want to really restrict calories and you're hungry all the time and nobody can sustain that. It's not a matter of willpower like they've tried to tell us for years. The hunger signal is, is so powerful that you can't overcome it with willpower forever. You can do it for short periods of time and then that's why people do all the yo-yo dieting because they can't stand being hungry. And it's not willpower. So the high fat diet takes that hunger out of the equation. That's why it, it works so well. As, as long as you can get over the cravings and, and get over the need to eat those foods, it's much easier to do this way because the, the hunger control, the appetite control is so strong on a ketogenic diet. Now I have another recommendation for you. I, I want you to go to a website and in order to get all of the information on this website you do need to sign up it's not a there are some free things on there but i really think this is one that that you should sign up for i'm going to go check to see what um the cost is on this right now i don't think it's much um i'm a member but i'm going to go look uh it's nine dollars a month for this website oh, and it's called dietdoctor.com and there is an entire section. I mean, as soon as you log into dietdoctor.com, up at the top, you'll see a whole section called how to reverse type two diabetes. And they use a high fat, low carbohydrate diet, which is a ketogenic diet, but they have awesome resources in here. Great stories, explanations, videos, uh, recipes, all kinds of tips and tricks. This by far is the best website I have found for reversing type two diabetes with a high fat diet. So go check that out and start working on this with your wife and then give us a call back next week on the show and we'll continue on. But between Keto Clarity, great book, and all the resources at dietdoctor.com. You should be able to get a great start on this. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. I am going to get back to the calls. We're off to Ohio. Herschel, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Kim. Hey, Herschel. Well, Kevin, I just wanted to give you a fast update. Uh, kick up the water, the light balance, and the psyllium. It was what the doctor ordered. No problem. All right. That's excellent. Oh, that I'm works. glad to hear that. Good. 
Yeah, that worked. Earlier today, I went on ThriveMarket.com, and in the yeah. beginning, it wanted me to give them my email. I thought, well, they're just keeping track of the people that check out their site, maybe. So I did. But then it come up with some kind of a membership. I thought, okay, so I just stopped. What's that all about? Um, Thrive is a membership site. You, you pay an annual membership to be able to buy from them. And it, it's one of the ways I'm sure that they keep their prices down so low. And I, I can tell you, I have shopped everywhere for these kind of products and nobody comes even close to their price. So I, I'm, I'm going to go look up. Uh, I don't know what their cost is. Did you happen to? Uh, oh, it's forty nine dollars. Uh, no, that's not it. That's the. Can I find the price? Um, okay, it's sixty. It's sixty dollars a year, fifty nine ninety five a year. So that's a one time fee you pay every year to be a member. It's almost like, you know, you buy a membership at Costco or Sam's Club. So you pay yeah, an annual dollar twenty five a week. I can handle that. Yeah, and, and that's what this is. And their prices, you can't even come close to their prices. Okay, my next one. I got one of those Catonics many, many months ago, actually late last winter. And my computer and that machine does, does not get along, so I haven't been able to use it for Do I need an Apple computer so I could actually use that thing? Get any idea? No. Now, have you contacted them at all as far as tech support to see if there's anything they can help you with? No, I haven't. Quite frankly, I put it in the box and set it up on the shelf and totally forgot it. I just thought of now, it today. I thought, well, I wonder what's wrong. Now, you do know you can use that without a computer. I did not know that. Okay, so it came with like a battery pack. So you can plug uh, the ketonic no. right right into the there should be a silver battery thing in there that's got a USB connector and so you can plug the ketonics right into that power supply or you can plug it into your computer and not even attempt to open the software. And all you're doing when you plug it into the computer is you're giving it power. Or you could plug it okay. into any USB receptacle and you'll see your lights come on and you'll see it cycle through and then the light will go solid. And then all you do is blow in it and you watch the colors of the lights. So it'll go from blue to green to orange to red. And each one of those colors is like the next level of ketosis. And then in each level, the more times it blinks that color, the farther you are up in that level. So if you get four red blinks, you are like way up the charts in ketosis. I tend to stay more in the green and orange range, which is kind of the bottom level of ketosis. I hardly ever hit red lights on mine. So the software is nice because it gives you that numerical value and it tracks it over time. But until you get that figured out, just power it up and blow in it and just watch the colors. Okay. Do you happen to know the levels of the color? You know what I mean? 
like brown but, is worst and red is best, how the steps go? Yeah, so, so again, I think it starts off um, blue, then it goes to green, then it goes to orange, then it goes to red. So red is the highest level of ketosis. And then the more blinks you get in red, you're even higher. I, I will tell you, if you can consistently get to red, you are in full-blown ketosis. I, I tend to stay in that the orange or, or green range, which is down at the bottom end of ketosis. Okay, I'll give it a try. Thanks, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. And like I say, I would call them. I had a problem with mine. Um, it was working in the software, except it wasn't tracking my numbers historically. It wouldn't save anything. And I contacted tech support, and it turned out I had a special character in my password. I had, like, the number sign. And that was just a little glitch in their software. And all I had to do was fix my password, and then it worked just great. So, But I found that out by contacting tech support. So I, I would call them, but in the meantime, you can use it as a standalone. Let's go to Texas. James, welcome to the program. James, are you there? Oh, yes. Yes, I'm sorry. Okay, let's okay, get to ahead. it. Uh, All right. I started driving about I started driving about three years ago before I started driving. My wife and I were doing P90 and not P90X. When I started driving in two years, I gained 45 pounds. The company I'm working with now, when I went to them, had a wellness program, and I was able to lose 20 pounds the first year, and then that was it. I went in... Uh, went on the ketonic or ketosis diet, I lost 35 pounds more oh, wow. in about three and a half months. I know Excellent. I lost some muscle. Yeah, I know I lost some muscle, but I can still snap out 20 push-ups with good form. I can do five pull-ups. There you go. Uh, yeah. and, I just, and I just turned 60 years old. Now, uh, my, th my three I was going to ask about the ketonics. Have you compared the ketonics breath measurement with the blood measurement on your machine to see if they're parallel? They're really, really close. I mean, I, I, I can tell you if I blow into the breath meter first, I can virtually tell you what my blood meter reading is going to be. If I measure my blood first, I can tell you what my, my breathalyzer numbers are going to be. And I'll be really close every time. One exception I found with me, and, and again, this is individual, if I go work out, especially like a high-intensity workout, and, and within an hour after working out, if I check with the blood meter, my ketones will be higher, sometimes considerably higher, and for some reason, the breath meter, they'll disappear for a little while. But if I wait two or three hours after I work out, then they kind of come back together and correlate again. Other than that, the correlation is, is virtually perfect every day. Okay, I generally stay now below 28, uh, I think it's grams of carbs, uh, every day. Uh, we have, my wife and I have experimented a little bit, and I tend to be a carb sponge. Uh, okay. I, I start increasing my carbs a little bit, and my weight starts going back up. But there yep. are times where I just get woozy. I, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm going to lose my balance. I'm tired. I don't perceive things well. I go eat a candy bar or two, and I come back to feeling good again. You have reactive hypoglycemia, and this is very, very common with your story. Somebody who you had that rapid weight gain when you started driving, um, 
and and then you're trying to lose it and now you go into ketosis so when you were gaining all that weight you were becoming insulin resistant and what happens is your body has to keep cranking out more and more insulin every time you eat carbs to try to keep your blood sugar down and what happens then when you go into ketosis is your body still is cranking out too much insulin it hasn't adapted yet you're not fully keto adapted that insulin is dropping your blood sugar too low so that's hypoglycemia and and that is the that's what happens when we're somewhat insulin resistant it also tells us had you stayed on your your old diet you would have developed diabetes you were already on your way so the good news is the longer you stay on the ketogenic diet, the better this is going to get. I would avoid trying to, to beat that feeling with candy bars, and I would do it with high-quality carbs instead. Like eat, you know, one of the things I would do if I were you is I would cook sweet potatoes ahead of time and keep them with yes. you in the truck and eat them cold. Okay. Uh, it actually... It actually does a couple things. There still be plenty of carbs in that sweet potato that's going to bring your blood sugar back up so you feel better, but it's going to be more stabilized. And by eating them cold, you create a lot of resistant starches, which are good for your gut bacteria, and it does lower that carb count somewhat. You could also eat things like maybe a half of an apple with some almond butter, um, a half of a banana with some almond butter, those kind of things are going to be much better than the candy bar. Also, we need to address your hydration and your mineral balance. So we're going to do that when we get back from this break. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. I can't believe it, Kim. We are down to the final <laughs> segment. These, uh, it has gone just, way too fast. I know. I know. And I, I want to get back to uh, James because a couple more things that we want to help him out with there. So, James, again, um, just know the longer you do this, the less you're going to feel what you're experiencing. But when you do, um, skip the candy bars, eat a little bit of fruit with some fat. So that's why I said the almond butter, because we get some fat and some protein, which will slow down the absorption. It'll help even out your blood sugar so you don't get the spikes. Um, sweet potatoes, a little bit of fruit with some fat and protein. Um, those kind of things would be great. Even if you can find a good high-quality yogurt, 
that's a, a really nice way to kind of bring the blood sugar up a little bit so you don't get that dizzy feeling. But we also want to address your hydration and your mineral balance because as I was talking earlier, when you're making that transition, your body just dumps all kinds of water and it dumps the minerals with it. So that's why we picked up the, the product uh, Light Balance because it's the by far the best way I've found to keep those three important minerals not only at good levels but also balanced. So it's potassium, magnesium, and sodium. And you get it all in this product and all you do is put a little capful of it either in water or coffee or tea. And uh, for you probably right now, I'd recommend two capfuls a day. And you could even do three okay. or four and you'd probably be fine. But I, I think those two things are going to just eliminate um, that, that feeling you're dealing with. All right. And because I have lost so much weight so rapidly, and I only eat when I'm hungry now, but I have some loose skin. I don't have any folds or anything, but I can tell that my skin is not as taut as it was. Will that eventually just sort of shrink up? It will somewhat. And then the other thing you could do is totally optional. Um, it has nothing to do with the weight loss or your overall health, but I, I think it's just a wonderful thing to do. And especially as we get older, there are so many benefits. I would add some resistance training. Like you talked about doing some push-ups. Those are excellent. Yes, I'm, I'm doing that. Yes. Yeah. And that'll help kind of build some muscle back and that'll help take up some of the skin and you'll just feel so much better and stronger. It's good for your balance. It's good for bone density. So you're on the right track. Everything you're doing is exactly what you should be doing. Let's just make those couple little tweaks and you're just going to see that things just keep getting better. Okay. Thank you for your help. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's see. Let's go to Texas. Justin, welcome, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for taking the call. I'm, uh, I'm starting to lean towards the idea of becoming an NTP myself. And cool. I've been reading pretty much every book that you, uh, that you mention. And I'm kind of out of them at this point. I've, <laughs> I've been listened to all of your podcasts and, uh, gone through probably 15 or 20 books and I was hoping you might be able to point me to some sort of resource to where uh, there might be like a list of all the uh, the books you kind of studied when you were going through the NTP program because I wouldn't mind listening to all of those a couple of times each before I start into it so it'll be easier to, to get done in a timely fashion on the road. Actually, you're in luck because one of the things that happens that I, I didn't realize and I wasn't thinking about, even though they told us several times during the class, when you're going through the NTP program and you have access to a ton of resources online, and I kept saying, boy, I need to bookmark those. I need to download some of those documents and save them. And they kept telling us, you know, download this stuff, save it. And I kept putting it off. And then I didn't realize after you graduate, you lose all that access. So I, and they warn you, save it, save it, save it. And I didn't do that. But the good news is Kim's going through the course right now. So Kim, you have that. <laughs> yeah. And there's actually, if you go out to the nutritional center, and I can send you the link, Justin, if you go to the national, um, cause I had gotten into the books like before I signed up too. 
to their site, nutritionaltherapy.com. If you actually look at the, um, here it is, there's a required reading page um, out there, and it will list all the books that they recommend that you absolutely need for the class. And then there's a list of, like, other ones that you could do, which, Kevin, you have probably read all of them. (laughs) Yeah, so um, they. The main ones. Yeah, the main ones. Yeah, each section has required reading. And in the required reading, your tests are actually going to be based on some of the information in those books. So you have to read them to be able to pass the test. And then they have recommended reading. And they don't ever ask any test questions from the recommended reading. But some of those books were just excellent. I mean, that, that's where I got a lot of my books from, was from the recommended reading. Sure. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. I, I wish nothing more for you and Billy Moore to start a, your own channel or television station. That would be, uh, that would be <laughs> Oh, well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I, I can't encourage you enough to take the NTP course, really. I, I would recommend it for even if you never, ever want to practice. It is such good information mm-hmm. about being healthy. If all you ever use it for is for yourself and your family and friends, I think it's worth um, the money and the time. Uh, it just, you know, the, the first time, um, Kim, I, I can remember going to an Anthony Robbins seminar way back when, and I, I did this whole two-year program with him with like 30-some days of seminars over two years. And there were different seg- sections, and one of them was financial. And he brought in all the top financial experts around the world. But the very opening day, he, he made a statement. Anthony Robbins made a statement that really clicked with me. He said, we're going to teach you as much as we possibly can about your money. And it's important to know about money because nobody else will ever care more about your money than you do. Now, you can hire the best financial planners in the world but they won't care as much about your money as you do. So mm-hmm. his point was get educated yourself. Don't just depend on the advice of other people. And I, I took that to heart and I went out and got the highest designation in financial planning you could get. And I never really planned on practicing. I, I went through a three-year certified financial planning program. And it's funny because, you know, I'll, I'll meet people in the financial industry. And I'll meet people who have been in, in financial planning for 30 years, and they don't have their CFP. And they'll say, look, it's a lot of work. It, it's, the test is brutal. Um, and they just say, I, I'd love to have it. I just don't feel like I had the time to go get it. And they are just blown away by the fact that I went through that process, <laughs> never even planning on using it. I did it for my own personal information. And I think the NTP is kind of the same way. I, I would nobody else is ever going to care as much about your health as you do, or you should. So I, I would encourage anybody who wants to learn how to be healthier with food to take the course. Yeah, that is so true. You know, I, Kevin, I was you know getting into reading and doing the class too, and I almost am angry with myself, you know, because you just think. It's exactly that. I mean, we go and learn all kinds of stuff for everything in our lives, and yet how much do we know about our own body and how it works? And um, it's 
it truly, and I'm like, you know, I learned more about the gallbladder in the last week, and here you're carrying around with you all your life, and you have no idea, you know, and it's right. fascinating. So, yeah, I love that advice. Love that advice. And that's a great example you just brought up, because we we trust doctors in the medical community, except we absolutely know that they will take your gallbladder out when they shouldn't, and they won't tell you what you should be doing to fix it to the point where I don't... I even wonder if doctors understand what people should be doing after they lose their gallbladder because they never tell anybody. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No. So take control, take control. And even if you want to go to that, what some people might consider an extreme, I mean, like I say, I think it is, is really worth the time if, if you're interested in doing that. Let's go to Montana. Sherry, welcome to the program. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. My question is, being a truck driver, um, I don't have uh, access to a refrigerator. I have a cooler. Um, and I've been using the Atkins food, the prepackaged food. How well will that keep me in ke uh, ketosis? Uh, I hate to say this. It will keep you in ketosis, but I wish you would stop eating it. it it's just garbage. <laughs> They, mm -hmm. I, they have just bastardized the whole Adkins name so badly um, that it, it's kind of like gluten-free and all the other labels. It's just a big marketing scam now. It's just really, really poor quality food. Um, it is designed so that most of it would probably keep you in ketosis, but there are way, way better options. In fact, we're, we're going to be doing some videos and some podcasts on, you know, food choices and things you can keep in the truck even without a refrigerator. Um, so just, you know, if you have some, okay, but really you want to move away from that kind of stuff and move back to more whole real food. Kim, we're all out of time. We glad glad out everybody's out. here. <laughs> Next time. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Ah, boy, that time goes so fast. Yeah, a little too fast. Sorry we couldn't get to everybody. Be sure and come back. And, you know, if you have any questions, yeah. uh, email us at support with truck.com. There you go. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to The Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.